navigate the journey to becoming a great lawyer with expert guidance on topics that range from trial skills to corner office management. Here you will learn how to tap into your potential for legal greatness. I'm Andrew Smiley, and this is The Mentor, ESQ. Welcome to episode one of season two of The Mentor, ESQ podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I would imagine if you're joining me for this uh, first episode of season two, you've probably listened to some of uh, my podcasts previously in season one, uh, perhaps the special edition that was launched uh, regarding the COVID pandemic uh, in April of 2020. And in planning and preparing season two, uh, I enjoy getting feedback from uh, all of you who listen uh, to the podcast, my colleagues, friends, fellow lawyers, law students, uh, about what they like, what they want to hear more of. Uh, I got a lot of great feedback about uh, my guests in the interviews and learning about other areas of law and people's journeys that they've taken. Also got great feedback from a lot of the skills, uh, CLE type um, podcast episodes, trial skills, and people have been asking for more of that. So in thinking towards how we wanted to work with season two, uh, and what kind of content we wanted for this podcast. Uh, we're going to keep a lot of the discussion of our journey, and our journey as lawyers uh, as part of it. I'm going to hopefully have some really great guests uh, for you to hear from, and me. Also going to continue to do some skills lectures uh, that you will be able to get CLE credit for. Fortunately, uh, my um, organization that I'm so involved with, the New York State Academy of Trial Lawyers, has agreed to sponsor the Mentor ESQ podcast for CLE, Continuing Legal Education Purposes. So whenever I have a podcast episode that focuses on a certain type of a trial skill or practice area uh, skill, you'll be able to click on a link and get uh, credit for it, which is pretty cool. But what I wanted to really focus on for this season is this transformative time that we're in, uh, this transformative place in our journeys as people, as lawyers. And in season one, I shared with you my journey to get to where I am uh, now having been practicing law for about 25 years and my background and what I've been through and how I've learned to be the lawyer uh, who I am now. Uh, and we've heard from other lawyers in season one about their unique journeys to get to where they are now. But now that we've learned about how we all got here, this season we're gonna talk about what do we do now that we are here and that we are here during this unusual time in history, unusual time in the world, in our life, in our home life, professional life, uh, unusual time in the legal system because of this COVID uh, pandemic uh, that we're living through right now. In my special episode that was recorded in March, or rather April of 2020, that was right in the heat of it. It was right when everyone was starting to flee New York City. It was right when the, the scales were going you know, up, 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 and uh, things were getting really crazy, and we just didn't know what was going on. And now this first episode is being recorded. We are now in August of 2020, so it's been several months and unfortunately, we don't have any more certainty uh, as to the future. There's, a, there's tons of uncertainty. 
and it's been compounded, and things are, are, are unsettled for all of us. But we have had now about five months of living through this, and there has been a sense of stabilization of where we are in this strange time. There has been an opportunity to um, adapt to being remote, to adapt to being home more, and the change in work style and work life. So I'd like to talk about what's been going on in my world, what I've been hearing about from colleagues, what I've been thinking about, because I feel this is really a transformative time for me. I believe it's a transformative time for all of us as lawyers. And uh, it's important that we use this time of transformation um, purposefully, productively, and with positivity. So um, let's talk about that a little bit. During the last five months, um, my law firm, uh, uh, there's four of us lawyers, four support staff, we've been remote uh, since March uh, 17th of 2020. Our offices in Midtown Manhattan, we have not been back to. Uh, we have had our systems in place and we've been working fully remote. And it's been a pretty fascinating experience because um, not only have we learned to adapt, but our clients, the court systems, our adversaries, everybody's learning to adapt. And as sad as it is that there, there's a certain amount of personal interaction missing, you don't see everybody at the office, at least I don't. I would imagine most people still aren't at their offices. I know from speaking, some people go in, some uh, stagger it. But for the most part, people aren't back at the office, and they aren't, certainly aren't back how they used to be in having those interactions. So while that is a, a huge negative, um, there's been a lot of positives that I've noticed and been able to take advantage of, and our firm has. And I find that uh, we've been more efficient in a lot of ways. Uh, I found that I've enjoyed uh, being working from home and being with my family and not having to commute. I've realized that there was a lot of stress in my life working in Midtown Manhattan. I lived during the year in Brooklyn. Uh, I've been living up here in Connecticut uh, in sort of farm country away from everything for four or five months, and I've been enjoying it, frankly. Uh, and I've realized that the commute to and from my office, you know, 30 to 40 minutes each way, you know, five days a week, rush hour, the crowds, the stress, coming home from a rough day at work and having that, um, it was an added layer of stress that I don't have now. And I find that to be fascinating, just removing a commute time, removing being in a packed, hot subway uh, during uh, my way into the office, showing up in a suit and sweaty in the summer, uh, not having to deal with that. Um, I don't miss that one bit. So I've enjoyed being able to be with my family, to work uh, all morning and then run, run to the kitchen and have some lunch, uh, be able to start cocktail hour a little bit earlier because I don't have to commute home at the end of the day. And so I have been able to find a nice balance in these five months that I've enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed the nice balance of spending time with my family, uh, with my daughter, and uh, also being able to get work done. And uh, so hopefully you have found that type of balance. Uh, we all find out how we like being home with the family now. Uh, some of us, most of us, uh, enjoy it. And uh, exploring relationships with our spouses and our children in different ways than we ever have before. Spending quality time, maybe them knowing more about what type of work you do, 
uh, my uh, 13-year-old daughter hearing me on some of my conference calls and saying, wow, dad, were you mad at that person? <laughs> I said, no, I wasn't mad. It was just me talking uh, enthusiastically. But we've all had uh, our change in experience over these last several months. And the question becomes, is that going to stay for good? Is it going to revert back to how it used to be before the pandemic? Nobody knows, but it's most likely going to be some type of hybrid is what we most likely will see. And certainly, uh, I would imagine that at least for the next year or so, uh, well into 2021, uh, we are not going to see a return to what it was beforehand. Hopefully we will at some point, but we may not. So I've been spending these months uh, assessing assessing my own life situation, my plans for the future, uh, my personal life, professional life. I've been assessing my team at the office and my staff and our lawyers. If you listen to my special edition on the COVID episode, I said, now's the time to see who steps it up in your office, in your firm. Uh, who are the lawyers that are all in and going out of their way to, to move forward? Who are those that are slacking? and realize, hey, you don't see them in the office, they cannot do any work, uh, whether it's your lawyers or your support staff. By now, you probably have a really good sense of who you can count on and who you can't. And uh, that's important. Sometimes we're so busy in the go, go, go of office life and firm life uh, that we can't take that time to sort of assess our team. If you're in a leadership position at your firm or in your business, now's the time certainly to assess your team. If you're a team member, if you're new to a team, uh, it's a really good time to assess who's been there to support you, whether the firm has your back, uh, whether your colleagues are there to support you, whether you see opportunities to grow, whether you've been elevated to a position of importance during these tough times, or whether you've been sidelined, sort of to know where your place is and whether you're appreciated or not. So it's a really good time of personal uh, assessment for your family life and your professional life and for your quality of life. Um, I've always been a big believer that quality of life is huge and um, you need to find that work-life balance. And because of this pandemic and working remotely, many of us have found more of a family uh, balance uh, in the piece of the puzzle that didn't exist before. So hopefully you like that. If you do, perhaps you can figure out a way to involve that more uh, moving forward. But because we're in this transformative time, it is important that you assess your situation and you plan and you start having a plan for the different uh, avenues we may be uh, riding along and uh, turns we're going to take uh, as the future continues because nobody knows that's the hardest part is all of the uncertainty. I certainly don't know uh, what we're in store for, but I do know that it's been a tough time. I'm not going to talk too much about the tough times because everybody's had them, whether it's a personal loss, professional loss. So many people have been laid off. Uh, so many people are suffering that can't pay bills or their rent. Uh, people have lost loved ones. Uh, this has been tough on everybody. But what is important when we face adversity in our private life and in our professional life is how you bounce back from it, right? because we're all gonna face adversity. We're all gonna get knocked down. Any trial lawyer is going to lose a trial. And most of my colleagues that try a lot of cases like I do will tell you that a loss is much harder 
uh, to get over, then a win is easier to savor. But the losses are tough, and we are going to lose. If you're a trial lawyer, you're taking tough cases. Jurors are unpredictable. And it's how you come back, the lessons you learn, the way you stay focused and positive and move forward. So this pandemic, although we've taken a hit, all of us, it's really important how we bounce back, how we use this opportunity to move forward in a more productive way uh, for our families, for ourselves, and professionally. So it's important that you think about that as you move forward. Um, now, I have found in the court systems, what's going on in New York right now, is the courts closed initially for a while, and then they've slowly been opening in certain phases. Um, there's still been no jury trials uh, for civil cases. Our understanding is that um, there was one trial that was uh, stopped uh, in the fifth week uh, of big civil trial out in Long Island that uh, they were able to resume uh, amazingly with the jurors. They configured a courtroom uh, with plexiglass for the jurors and they figured out a way to do that safely. But otherwise, civil trials are not happening. Um, criminal trials are slowly perhaps coming back. Grand juries are being impaneled on the criminal side. Uh, but by all accounts, uh, I've spoken with my colleagues in leadership uh, and all the New York bar organizations. Um, we are probably not going to see a civil trial uh, until well into 2021, uh, perhaps further, but unlikely earlier. And the courts uh, have been open now for virtual practice. So what we're seeing is instead of going to court for an initial conference, what we call a preliminary conference, or a pre-trial conference or a compliance conference. The courts are uh, in the earlier phases of preliminary and compliance discovery conferences, allowing the parties to enter into stipulations themselves uh, and submitting those to the court for approval. And that as long as both sides are uh, in agreement, the court will stamp that, setting, on, setting forth your own discovery schedules. Uh, there's efforts now to unify these uh, compliance conference and preliminary conference orders throughout the counties in New York City where they've always been different uh, so that uh, everyone gets used to them and it's the same method of submitting them. And I have to tell you that that is an amount of efficiency from the courts uh, that leads to efficiency in the practice of law that I'm thrilled about. Many of you have experienced what I have in going to court for a court conference or a status conference or any kind of conference only to spend the time going to your office, getting your file, commuting to court, wherever that is, sitting in court, waiting for your case to be called for several hours, getting it adjourned to the second call, waiting around sometimes past lunch, only to have your case finally called after sitting around all day uh, for the court to adjourn you uh, for whatever reason to come back at another date. It's a waste of time. Uh, it is a, it's a huge waste of efficiency and the ability to focus your efforts other places that would be better served than sitting around a courtroom all day. And that doesn't exist now. Uh, so all of that time that I would be sitting in court, I can now use productively uh, to get other things accomplished. So I think it's a plus. I think a lot of conferences have been a waste of time. And if they can, the, the in-person conferences, and if they can be handled uh, by adversaries agreeing on schedules that a judge will approve, uh, within reason and have not be available by phone or video conference to sort out, that's going to really move things farther along 
uh, and make things a lot better. So there's been some opportunities that I've seen. That is an example of these abilities to submit orders without going to court um, that hopefully will stay moving forward. Coming through this pandemic, uh, the courts are learning how to be more efficient and law firms and litigators are learning how to be more efficient. Um, since this pandemic has occurred, I've been able to conduct numerous interactions by Zoom. Uh, I'm recording this podcast on Zoom. I have attended board meetings uh, for many of the organizations I'm involved in, where I've had upwards of 40 to 50 other lawyers on a Zoom conference, everybody in their windows being able to talk, chime in. Uh, as many of you know, uh, I conducted a CLE uh, webinar online uh, with my colleague Hadley Matarazzo on litigating federal uh, personal injury cases in federal court. And uh, we did that CLE. There were 1,200 lawyers uh, that attended that uh, through Zoom. Uh, normally, when I give CLEs in person, it's a pretty good turnout if you get 50 to 100 people in a room. So the fact that 1,200 people can all attend a CLE, and I don't even have to travel to it, and I was able to sit in front of my computer, my laptop, uh, and lead that, uh, was just, it's amazing. And the fact that board meetings can occur without people having to travel or be late, um, it's efficient. And I think it's the way of the future, even when courts open. I have found even in my own small practice, there's been a level of efficiency through the use of Zoom. I'll give you an example. Uh, every month, the lawyers in my firm, we have a Zoom, uh, rather we have a, a case meeting where we go through our case list, we talk about the status of cases, issues, uh, and we spend several hours going through it all together. We normally do that in the office uh, of our firm. Uh, we all get together, uh, usually in my office or in the conference room, and we lock ourselves in. But even if we say, let's start at 10 o'clock, by the time one person gets off the phone or another one gets interrupted or steps out to the men's room or who knows what, to get all four of us to start on time without interruption is, is almost an impossibility. Whereas now, we set the time on the calendar, uh, we, I send out a Zoom invite, we're starting at 10 o'clock, at 10 o'clock, boom, one, two, three, four screens open, we're all there, we're focused, we're not interrupted by anybody, our meetings go faster, they're timely, and so I, I've been saying, saying to my uh, partners, you know, when things hopefully go back to normal, I still think we're better off having our meetings by Zoom, even if we're in our own offices. Tell everybody to shut the door and, and get on your computer so it's more efficient. I've conducted depositions. Uh, my adversaries have questioned my clients. I've conducted depositions through my firm where we've questioned um, defendants, and we've done that over Zoom efficiently. We've had mediations through Zoom that have settled, and I found the mediations to be more efficient. There's no going back and forth between rooms and people stepping out to make phone calls and um, losing people, chatting with someone in the other rooms, doing other mediations. You're all there, you're all on the screen. Uh, the mediators can jump back and forth, put you in different uh, screen rooms. So that's been more efficient. So I've been enjoying that efficiency and it's something that I think is gonna benefit this practice of law and our profession moving forward. So I see that as a positive and there's a lot of elements that we can incorporate. So I've found during this pandemic time of assessment, of assessment of being productive and efficient uh, that we've learned ways to do that. We've been paperless. Uh, many firms have gone that route, but being forced to do that 
Now we've been able to scan everything and email everything. And adversaries are more open to receiving disclosures and exchanges by email. Uh, nobody needs paper copies anymore. I think that's been a positive. We've been able to notarize people's signatures. Uh, Governor Cuomo in New York passed a law that allows us to do that if we're over a video conference. So you can get things notarized. I have found that clients are more open to meeting with me on a Zoom conference. Uh, whereas prior to this pandemic, if a client on a, or a potential client on a new case, I'd want them to come into the office to have the face-to-face -face time. Uh, and if not, uh, and I'd say to the client, you know, if you don't want to have to travel an hour in to meet with me, we could do a video conference. Usually the response would be, I don't know how to do that. I'm not really good into technology. I'll just come see you. And now most people, because of this, are very comfortable with the technology uh, to have video conferences and very comfortable meeting with people. So I've been retained on many new cases since the pandemic started. I've met with clients through Zoom. We do all the paperwork by email, and it's just been quite efficient. Uh, we're looking ahead to uh, our lease. Uh, I'm in Midtown Manhattan. We are in the sixth year of a 10-year lease. And the question is, do we want to renew a lease of almost 5,000 square feet of space uh, in three to four years. Do we need all that space? What's the importance of being in person, of being with clients in person, being in depositions in person? If we can do it maybe on a smaller scale and work more remotely. How are work hours gonna change for all of us? If you're in leadership and you have the ability to come and go as you want, are you gonna stay away from the office more? If you're not in leadership, uh, you're an employee at a firm, uh, is your firm going to allow you to work more remotely than previously because you've shown how you can work so proficiently not being in the office? It'll be interesting to see um, how everybody moves forward. But these are all things that we're all in this profession talking about is, you know, what are we going to do moving forward? Think about in your private life, in your family life. Um, have things been better for you? Uh, perhaps they have. Uh, if you haven't suffered a loss uh, financially uh, or uh, with a family member, maybe you're really enjoying spending time from home and not commuting. Maybe moving forward, you want to figure out a way within your own firm or perhaps a new firm that you can have that quality of life a little bit more. So these are all things to assess. Uh, I also think professionally uh, that there's going to be a movement away from trials and more people are going to agree to private arbitration tracks. Just like for those of you who are familiar with filing for arbitrations for an SUM proceeding or a no-fault arbitration um, or commercial arbitrations, you know, it's basically you have an assigned arbitrator that goes over the discovery and makes decisions and rulings on motions, on discovery issues, and then you have a hearing and you go from there. It's fast, it's streamlined, so my personal belief is there's, we're going to see a lot more of that as the ability to get to trial slows down. I am seeing a willingness for insurance companies to settle cases throughout this time period, which I'm pleased about. Um, they're not sitting back and saying, this is great. We're going to have trials delayed. We'll just hold off. Some may be, but many are still willing to talk mediation, potential settlement, knowing that their cases may not see resolution for a while. So these are all things that you should consider exploring. Make those calls on cases. Make calls to see if they're interested in mediation or getting into private arbitration if you're trying to move your cases and you're concerned you can't uh, because of trials, whether you're on the plaintiff side or defense side, you want to be able to continue to work on and move your cases 
And uh, private arbitration is a really um, good way to do that. So one of the things that is good to use this sort of transformative time for is to build up your cases, to work on them. Uh, in season one, when I talked about trial skills and thinking about what CLEs I want to do uh, and present to you during uh, this season two of the podcast, it seems kind of strange to have topics like opening statements and cross-examination when many of us aren't going to be in the midst of a trial coming up for a while or doing that. But it's still important to keep your trial skills sharp. So you still want to, you know, attend CLEs and do what you can to keep your questioning skills sharp, your organization, your preparational skills sharp. So um, try and take every opportunity you can to uh, attend seminars or webinars or take CLEs. And I will still have some trial skills throughout season two. But I believe the first CLE I'll probably do is uh, one that you'll be able to get credit for on working with experts. And we'll talk about liability experts and damages experts, how to build up a damages case through working with life care planners, vocational planners, economists, um, how to build up your liability case by working with biomechanical engineers and accident reconstructionists. Now's a really good time to assess your cases and to think about whether or not you uh, will need an expert and whether an expert can help improve your case knowing you have some time before a trial and perhaps by exchanging uh, these expert reports and what you're able to build up, that can also uh, help settle your case. Uh, I have always found that getting experts early on board and on your case and exchanging them early leads uh, not only to better preparation for trial, but leads to settlement. Uh, you may recall from season one, I had a case uh, that I spent a lot of time, effort, and money on working up the damages of a client of mine who suffered severe uh, burns and a brain injury. And I got an economist, I got neurologists and um, physiatrists and life care planners and vocational experts, everybody involved, and uh, all different doctors and specialties and plastic surgeons had reports done, had analysis done, and I exchanged all those. And it resulted in a settlement. I actually settled that case um, in April during this pandemic. So it makes a difference and it helps. So I think it's important to use this time to build up your cases. And uh, I'm looking forward to very soon within season two to have a CLE on working with experts. So stay tuned for that. You'll be able to get credit through the New York State Academy of Trial Lawyers for it. And, uh, and hopefully you'll find that to be of good value. Um, I look forward to having more guests who are gonna talk about uh, what they're doing during this transformative time. And it's important that now is the time when mentorship comes into play. So if you are a mentor, uh, now is your time to step it up and help those who seek their guidance from you. Uh, help those who may not be asking, but you know can use some help, some use direction in these uncertain times. Sometimes it's just a matter of telling somebody junior to you or someone new to this field that it's going to be all right. We've all been through tough times before. Um, and sometimes it's just nice to have someone there to tell you it's going to be all right. So if you are a mentor, um, let people know it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. And if you are someone who's new to the practice of law, um, if you have a mentor or someone you've started a relationship with, a professional relationship, where it appears that they are the mentor and you are the mentee, 
Don't be shy. Now is the time to ask those questions. Ask questions as you're planning and assessing where you are in this world, where you are professionally. Ask them whether or not they think it's important uh, to be in a courtroom all the time, whether you can be a successful lawyer if you don't try cases. Ask them um, how they can help you during these times if you're not going to court to learn more, to brush up your skills, to be helpful. So don't be shy. Now's the time to reach out for mentorship. As always, I hope to bring a sense of mentorship to those of you. I'm always here. Uh, as you all know, many of you have reached out to me, uh, which I'm grateful for. I love to interact with you. So please contact me whenever you want by phone or email um, or text. Uh, many of you follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is the mentor ESQ. We have lots of great uh, content and tips weekly going up on that. So you can DM me through there as well. So if you're not following me, um, I'd ask that you follow me uh, on my Instagram account. And it's another way that we can stay in touch. Um, I look forward to sharing this transformative um, time that we're in. Uh, I'm going to share my journey with you. Uh, I'm going to keep you posted on what I see, uh, what I'm hearing in the court systems, um, how I'm adapting personally, how I'm adapting professionally. Right now, I'm feeling optimistic. I think that it, there are very many positive things that are going to come as a result of this pandemic uh, in our professions. I think there will be a need for all of us to keep working, to keep doing what we do. Uh, we're just going to have to adapt. You just have to adapt with the change in times and figure out how best uh, to proceed on your journey to legal greatness. And season one, I've been fortunate to hear from people from all over the country. Um, we have had listeners on this podcast from almost every state in the United States, Alaska, Hawaii, California, Texas, the South. Um, also, worldwide, we have uh, listeners. Thank you to those, if you're one of them listening now, in Japan, in Brazil, the Philippines, um, India, uh, Mexico. So it's been very exciting for me. We're able to see and track this data of where people are listening. And uh, I hope to have maybe some guests from other jurisdictions outside of New York and perhaps other countries uh, who can share with us how their countries have been affected and how the legal profession in their countries have been affected during this pandemic. So I find that always in my journey in the practice of law, taking in information from others um, is so helpful. You always wanna be communicating, learning. As lawyers, we are always learning. If you're not continuing to learn in your practice, you're not doing it right. You always have to better yourself. Uh, better yourself as a person and as a professional. And uh, I'm going to do my part, I promise, to help you to, to pose those questions. Uh, so what I ask you to do at the start of season two here, and as we go through this transformative uh, time in history together, is to use this time to assess, to prioritize, and to plan. Assess, prioritize, and plan that we all do that and continue to do so. I thank you for joining me on this debut season two, uh, episode one, this debut episode for season two. And I uh, hope you'll continue to join me throughout this season. We'll be posting new uh, episodes weekly. And uh, I thank you so much uh, for listening to the podcast and staying in touch with me. I'd ask that you please continue to do as you have and share this. A podcast with those who you think may enjoy it, either your friends 
or colleagues, classmates. Um, I'm surprised at how many non-lawyers have listened to the podcast uh, and have shared with me that they find it to be of interest to them. So please share it. Please like it. Ratings help and reviews help. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. I'm Andrew Smiley, and this is The Mentor, ESQ.